On this week's episode of The Fizz, I'm going to tell you guys all about my beef with the Russian Five. I probably talk about it for way too long. After that, we're going to get into Pavel Datsuk and his potential return to the Detroit Red Wings. From there, we're going to talk about TJ Hawkinson and the Detroit Lions NFL Draft. And then, as always, we will close it out with a little over-under. But before we get into all that, I do want to tell you guys about My Busted Taillight. My Busted Taillight is not a website, it's not an app, and it is not a program to help you out with anything in your life. My busted taillight is literally what I have on the back of my 2018 Chevy Equinox. The light ceases to work and it hasn't worked since the middle of February. How I haven't been pulled over, I have no idea, but some way, somehow I'm sneaking around Southwest, Midwest, East, West Detroit without getting pulled over. Over. I think about it every time I drive. I, in fact, printed out new insurance cards and registration because I'm fully prepared to get pulled over and tell the police officer that I have an appointment for later that day, even though I have no such appointment scheduled. Why don't I get it fixed? It's covered by the dealership since it's a lease. It'll be paid for. I don't know. Maybe I'm lazy. It's ridiculous, and I need to fix it. I can't drive it at night. I have to use my fiance's car, which is annoying. It's detrimental to my relationship. It makes me nervous while I drive, and it is a safety hazard to others on the road. I am the devil. But now, let's get into the fizz. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of The Fizz. And what a week we have had here, team. I mean, holy shit. Uh, Even just it's been a wild second half of the month. Uh, Second part of April was pretty wild. Uh, uh, Iserman, the NFL draft, whispers about Datsuk returning. Um, And of course, just from a brand, a champagne athletic standpoint, we have the Russian five beef. And that's that's what we're going to open with today. I assume that most people who do listen to this podcast are the most loyal champagne followers that we have um, and have at least caught wind of what went down on Sunday. Um, But for those who may not know or maybe they don't like reading, maybe they're just not big readers, um, you know, I'm going to recap the entire stupid shit show for you right here. You know, if you know the story already, you read the article, uh, now you're going to get it in uh, verbal form here. We're going to orally tell you what happened. Um, And if you don't know or if you don't like reading, now, now it's story time. Um, but I will say, you know, this might get a little spicy. So if you don't like your chicken to kick, uh, I recommend, you know, tossing on Taylor Swift's new song. It's very, it's very, it's like G-rated. It's very kid-friendly. It's enjoyable. It's a feel-good song. So you could toss that on for your car ride or whatever you got going on right now um, if you don't want a story that has a little confrontation to it. Just just giving you a little heads up. There's a little, there's a little confrontation in this. Okay, so... So basically, The Russian Five is a documentary that recently hit theaters. I think it was in film festivals and it won some awards. Um, It covers pretty much how the Russian Five, the Detroit Red Wings Russian Five, came to be, Um, how they got to Detroit and how they ended up winning Stanley Cups for the city. Um, Or at least that is my assumption of what it is about. I have not seen it. I fully anticipated seeing this. I still want to see it, but I have not seen it. Anyways... The movie is now out in theaters, like I said, and they are selling merchandise and have social media and all that shit that goes along with most movie releases. So let's just rewind the tape here all the way back, all the way back uh, to the end of January 2019, Uh, January uh, 31st, uh, to be absolutely specific. This was right on the eve of Red Kelly's number getting retired in Detroit, the game versus Toronto. Um, I wrote an article uh, around that time, day before, day of, whatever, right around January 31st. Um, I wrote an article that day dedicated to Sergei Fedorov, and it was about how Sergei Fedorov's number is not retired and how it should be retired. Pretty simple stuff here. Basically, the whole theme of it was just uh, retire 91. 
Okay. So I wrote this article on that day. And at the same time, I, I, uh, designed a t-shirt and I launched the t-shirt with the article. Um, and the t-shirt, the way the t-shirt looks, it says retire 91 across the front of it. Um, and it features Fedorov's iconic white Nike skates hanging from the text retire 91. Uh, it's super, super dope, super dope shirt, man, you know, whatever. Uh, so fast forward all the way now to last week. So last, last, last week here towards the end of April, 2019, again, I get a, uh, a DM from a very loyal champagne follower, Bill Beasley, my boy. He actually did the, gave me the over unders last week. So he sent me the Instagram post from Russian fives, Instagram account, uh, featuring, you guessed it, a t-shirt that looked very similar to the one that I designed. It featured the words retire 91 and it had a hanging pair of white Nike skates on it. Um, pretty much same, same concept of a design there. Hmm. Hmm. And honestly, uh, I was just like, you know, that's whack. You know, I saw it. I was like, Oh, that's, you know, that's my fucking design. Um, and the same reason I thought it was so whack was because when I originally designed the shirt, I sent it to him in a DM. I was excited about the shirt. I wanted Russian five to see it. I sent it directly to him. I said, Hey, check this out. Check this out. They liked the design physically tapped on it, liked it. So they saw it, uh, at any point during, during this whole beef dispute debate, I refuse to ever believe that they never saw the design. They follow me. I follow them. We all, uh, like each other's shit. We've DM'd each other. Hell, the Russian five have even offered me tickets to go to a showing, uh, on a Friday night for their show. They gave, they were going to give me tickets. Uh, and I said, I would promote them. I couldn't make it that Friday. They told me too late in the day. I already had plans. Um, everything was great. We were getting along. Like we all like each other's stuff. We're both very passionate about the Red Wings. You know, they love the wings. I love the wings. It was, it was fucking whimsical. So I really wasn't ready to go ham sandwich about this t-shirt at all and whatsoever. This was not my intention whatsoever. But at the same time, I thought this was pretty Bush League. I, th I seriously think Bush League is the best way to describe this. I don't think it's like conniving or like snake-like or like slimy. I just, I just think it's like Bush League. Like I don't, I don't think it's overly dramatic or anything like that. I just, I Bush League is the best way I think I could describe it. And I wanted them to know. I wanted them to know. I thought it was bullshit. I wanted them to know. I thought it was Bush League um, for someone like me in their same arena, uh, someone, a part of the same Red Wings community. Uh, you know, we're both passionate about the same things. Like I loved what they were doing. You know, I thought they liked what I was doing. Um, but for them to, you know, blatantly steal my design, I just thought was like fucking Bush league. So I took a stupid Instagram story video, uh, real short, maybe like 20 seconds. Uh, so here, here's the audio of that, uh, like, disappearing video I took on Instagram. Hey guys, um, don't know if you saw my last post, but I just have a question here for the Russian five. Uh, how did you guys come up with that new t-shirt design? Cause it looks a shit ton like mine that I posted in January. I know you guys follow me. I know we've DM'd. I know we know of each other and I know you look at my shit. I have a strong feeling you got your creative inspiration from my t-shirt. Now, not looking to create enemies. Love you guys, Russian Five. Going to see the documentary next week. But it would be nice to get some credit or at least ask me if you can use my design. Because I know that's where you got it from. Alright, well, I hope the documentary is good. Because your t-shirt is not as good as mine. LGRW. Now, you guys tell me, but that doesn't seem so bad. You know, I didn't say, hey, fuckers, cut the shit or I'll fucking cut you. Uh, I just said, you did this. That's whack. Eat shit by my shirt. It's pretty straightforward. I jabbed him a little bit, but nothing crazy. Um, and that was like Thursday afternoon around, around, I don't know, 5 or 6 p.m., something like that. I don't hear or see anything about it for a day or two. Uh, that same evening, that Thursday, I commented on the photo that they posted. I made this shirt first. Uh, a lot of people started to like it, you know, whatever. It started to gain a little bit of traction. Um, 
So on Saturday at around noon, remember I, I asked this on Thursday, I check my DMs and I see that they have sent me a message earlier that morning at 9 a.m. Um, around that time asking me to call them. Now, I saw that DM, I processed it, um, and then never thought of it again. Um, I had a very busy day and not a busy day like I had so much fucking work to do. Or I was like saving the children or working Habitat or Humanity or any, anything like that. Um, I just had a busy day with friends and family celebrating my buddy getting engaged. And that simply means I was just drinking and hanging out all day, which was absolutely way more appealing to me than hitting up uh, the producer of the Russian Five to hear her feed me bullshit about how they never saw my design. Uh, I genuinely didn't care that much. I genuinely didn't care that much. Uh, I just wanted to jab them, let them know that I thought it was Bush League. You know, I, do, I really did not want to have this fucking nonsensical phone call where they're going to tell me they didn't see it, they didn't hear anything, whatever. Um, and I probably, you know, you know, I don't know. I, I maybe might have, I don't know. I may have gave them a, a call back on Monday. Like, I really don't know if I was going to call them back. I like thought I would call them back later, but then I really didn't care. Like, I don't know if I was ever going to call them back. Um, cause I, just, I genuinely didn't care that much, but instead of, so, so I don't call them fucking instantly. So instead, the Russian five, instead of waiting patiently for my disinterested response, they decided to throw an entire legal book at me in the form of like seven or eight paragraph DMs while I'm at this engagement party, like probably seven beers deep at this point. Let me read these things to you. So the first DM came in at 4.03. So I, I was like just getting to the party because I didn't open these till I was drunk later at night. And I was like, what the hell is all this? Like, I seriously didn't look at any of them. But first DM that comes in from the Russian five at 4.03 p.m. on Saturday is this. Given that you've chosen to air your grievance publicly before reaching out to us, that you have ignored our attempt to discuss this with you and resolve this dispute you have, we would like to make a few things absolutely clear. Ooh. Number one, they put the number one, one with a parenthesis next to it. Our creative director that designs our brand has no involvement with interacting with, looking at, or posting on our social media channel or feed. So your claim that he copied this design from you based on a three-month-old post is false and slanderous. Whoa. Whoa, Russian Five. Whoa. Calm down. Don't shoot. I already told you I didn't answer. Let's let's stop name calling. Let's stop losing your mind. And I, hey, I've never produced uh, a large scale documentary like you guys have, but I have worked for a company and I've worked for creative companies. And a lot of times, like people at the companies, like talk to each other before things get done. So if you're going to tell me that your social media person doesn't, talk to the creative person before designs go out, that seems a little insane to me. The fact that you're going to tell me that no one at the Russian Five saw my design anywhere in the world before that t-shirt came out, I gotta call bullshit. Total fucking bullshit I'm calling on that. Someone saw the design. Someone did nothing. That's all there is to it. Whether it was that specific creative director or not, someone saw my shirt, someone saw the shirt you guys designed, and then said, fuck it, just print it. DM number two, Russian Five, Champagne Athletics. Number two, Champagne Athletics design is only viewable on your Instagram channel if someone takes the time to swipe left on your initial picture of Sergei Fedorov. That is the cover of said post. We are aware of this because we had to dig through to see what you were referring to. A general view does not display the shirt. It is not in plain view. And so your claim that we definitely, in quotes, saw it and copied yours is false and slanderous. They've called me slanderous twice now. The first time we had ever seen your design was when you pointed it out. Well, we know that is false because I already told you guys earlier in the show that I sent it to them directly in a DM, which I had a screenshot of. 
I sent it to them directly to them. And they liked the post originally. So the fact that they claim it only lived on Instagram was a lie. And then the fact that they say they did not see it directly is also a lie. Um, And now they've called me slanderous in two DMs, in two giant paragraphs, like over when I really didn't care that much. Okay, so they've seen the design. Number three, number three, in quotations again, hanging up the skates is the oldest metaphor for retiring in hockey. To claim that Champagne Athletics is the company who could have come up with the concept of white skates hanging up to go with the Retire 91 and any other iterations of it is copying you is false and slanderous. Okay, that's that's three times they've called me fucking slanderous, which is insane. They've called me slanderous three fucking times in three fucking DMs. Also, hanging up the skates had nothing to do with my thought process. He's been retired. He's he's done retired. He's been retired for 10 years. It's not like the skates were just hung up. They're probably they've been hung up and now they're they're probably in the in a box in the basement somewhere. I wasn't going for hanging up the skates as like a retiring metaphor. So 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 to think that I was claiming creative fucking property rights over the term hanging up the skates wasn't even in the process of making the shirt. The the idea of the shirt was to just show, show off the skates because Fedorov had awesome skates. And like, obviously you get that because you stole the design. So to think that I think I have intellectual property over the term hanging up the skates is, is actually wildly creative on your guys's part to reach that far, to think that that's the thought process. It's, it's insane. And, and, and to think that I made that claim and I mean, flattering that you guys call me a company when really I'm just some guy yelling in my basement, uh, to empty air truly, truly is flattering. Um, and a plus to whoever really thought that I was trying to own the term hanging up the skates. I mean, that is, that's insane. Number four, these are all numbered. They numbered them with parentheses next to them, numbered them, numbered them. Number four, you yourself have taken multiple photo content that we have licensed and paid for from Russian five channel and posted on your own filters and all without credit. In fact, upwards of 90% of your content for your brand on your Instagram is taken from another source without giving credit. Aside from having the same filters, we know that you could have only gotten these photos from our channel as we had exclusive access to them. Wow. You really are a fucking watchdog journalist here. Russian five. Aren't you? Yeah. Tell me that I don't give you credit when all I do, all I fucking do is drive people to your page because it's It's so fucking sweet. I tag you in every single photo I use of yours. I tag you guys in every single photo that features a Russian player because you are a Detroit-born fucking entity showing showing off and showcasing one of the most interesting and exciting eras in Detroit sports, an era that I happen to grow up in, an era that I feel very passionate about, and I drive people to your page. And even when I find a picture that isn't one of yours, if it even features a Red Wings Russian hockey player, I tag you. I tag you in it. Now, if you think... Seriously, we'll get into this a little bit because when they started yelling at me, they started saying that uh, when you tag someone, it's not crediting them. If you tag someone in your fucking photo, that's crediting them. And for you to sit here and say that 90% of my content for my brand is stolen is absolutely an insane way of phrasing things. Yes, I pull pictures from the internet. Do I take Do I take all of the pictures that I post on my Instagram? No, I don't take... I don't take the majority of the pictures on my Instagram. I find them in the corners of the internet that aren't credited to anybody that that have no idea where they came from. So I don't even know how to tag or credit the people in the photos. And I don't think the people who took these photos would mind at all that their photos are being used to celebrate Detroit sports because that's what the photos are for. This isn't about a who did this and who did what. Did Russian 5 take every single photo of the Russians from the 90s? Did you guys, did Russian 5 Studios take all those photos? Do you guys credit every single studio, every single photographer that took every single one of those photos? The answer is no, you don't because that would be absolutely insane. And that's not how Instagram works. And in fact, if you really, really want to get nitty gritty about it, which is stupid, and I don't want to do this, but 
Instagram has a free use fucking policy. Like anything posted on Instagram is free game to use somewhere else. That's all there is to it. That is the fucking rules of Instagram. I will tag and credit anybody who I know where the photo came from and I can directly source it to them. Otherwise, I'm going to post the fucking photo. I'm not going to sit here with my thumb up my ass and not give my followers the best fucking photos I can find on the internet just because I don't know who to directly source them to. If anybody seriously has seen a photo on my page that belongs to them or knows who it belongs to, that would be honestly upset that I'm posting the photo to share it with a bunch of passionate fucking crazy Detroit sports fans like me, let me know. Let me know. I'll take it down. I'll tag you. I'll do whatever you want. But for Russian 5 to fucking come at me like this and tell me my content's stolen and I'm using it for the wrong reasons, they don't, they don't fucking understand this following and they don't understand uh, just the Detroit sports culture and how that works. Like that is such a fucking insane statement to come at me about my fucking champagne content. That's where I got pissed off. That one got me pissed off. Uh, this is the only one that actually didn't call me slanderous. So that's good. Sweet fuck. I've tagged him in every fucking photo. I'm looking at the photos right now. I'm looking at the photos. I got a picture of Chris Draper with the Russian 5 tag. You know why? Because I took it from the Russian 5. Took this one from the Russian 5. Uh, tagged him, tagged him, tagged him. Tagged him in every fucking photo. Every one of them. Every one of them. God, they are so fucking ridiculous. All right, let's, let's move on to, what are we on? Number five. Number five, we have legally licensed and spent thousands of dollars on photographs, video, music, building a brand for this monumental product. We pride ourselves on honesty and integrity. It's too bad you have taken this course of action versus having a conversation with us about this. Because you chose to not only discuss this with us before going public with your grievance and ignoring our producer's request, request for you to call her to discuss this matter for resolution, we must infer, we must infer that you, that your entire agenda, wrong, wrong your use by the way, we must infer that your entire agenda is making these libelous and slanderous statements is to generate interest in your own shirts for the sake of profit. If you would like to have a conversation, our offer still stands. Fuck you, Russian five. Literally go fuck yourself. It's Saturday in the middle of the day. You think I want to call your fucking producer and talk to her about you, how you guys stole a fucking t-shirt design from me that I make maybe fucking eight bucks from when it's all said and done. You think I want to spend my Saturday having that conversation as opposed to drinking with my friends during an engagement party. This is a passion project. I'm sitting in my basement yelling at air because I like to do this shit. I'm not making any fucking money. So if you think that I threw some grenade into the system to systematically drive more traffic to my website to make more money, you're out of your goddamn mind. And I think it's just fucking bullshit that you think I I took the wrong course of action when all I did was call you out for something you did wrong, which was steal my shirt and then I didn't respond to you as quickly as you'd like, so you fucking snap on me with a legal textbook of seven individual texts, dicing me up, calling me slanders and libelous, and then calling my content stolen. Who's in the fucking wrong here? Who is in the fucking wrong? And what is your fucking offer to me? To have a phone call? Have a phone call I don't want to have? Man, that is, that's a tough offer, man. I don't know if I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to match up to that sweet deal of an offer. I don't want anything to do with that phone call, okay? Keep selling your shirt. I don't give a shit. You guys blocked me. I didn't block you. You blocked half my fans after they started dusting you up, and you deleted comments on the fucking... The, the picture. How soft are you? You're supposed to be a hockey brand. Hockey's a contact sport. You're supposed to be able to muck it up. And half the players you cover could tell you that, but you can't even handle a little Instagram beef when you realize you stole my fucking design. You're blocking half the people I sent to you for followers. These are hockey fans too. They want to see your content. But now you've blocked them because you realize you fucked up pretty bad and you're kind of embarrassed. And now you're getting called fraud and dusted up on your Instagram. It's insane to me. It's insane to me that you think I put this much time and dedication into a beef with a documentary about my favorite team to try to sell t-shirts online. That's so insane. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. 
And then the last thing they put is, we will kindly ask you to remove your comments regarding this matter as they are, simp- uh, they are slanderous and not true. Had to get one more slanderous in there at the end. Just had to sneak one more fucking slanderous chirp at me at the end. And like I said, I was at my buddy's engagement party all Saturday. It was a late night. Uh, we were up drinking. So Sunday, I wake up. I'm fucking hungover as shit. I got to deal with this thing. All I want to do, lay down, watch the Tigers, fall asleep. It's all I want to do. Can't do it. Got to deal with this because they're coming at Champagne. They're coming at the Champagne Army. And I just won't fucking stand for it. So I write the article, write the article, send it to them. send it to them, add a little note at the bottom that says, delete the fucking comment yourself. They fire back at me with five pictures, five pictures uh, with all of them tagged. And he goes, you stole all five of these pictures from us. I didn't steal shit. They're still your photos. What do I, do I have, did I physically go to your Instagram page, take them off, remove them, and then keep them for my own for no one else to have? That is so insane. This is Instagram, you fucking losers. You're You're not stealing anything. Again, free use or whatever, but who cares? I tagged, I tagged you guys. I tagged you guys in that. That's just as good. So I said, you are tagged in them dipshit. Uh, stop DMing me forever. Their reply to this is tag is different than credit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, the Russian five goes, we tried to reach out to you to resolve this professionally and you've chosen to go a different route. And I just said, no, it's not, man. Just honestly, leave me alone, please. I don't care this much. Then for the Russian Fives fucking grand finale, the bow on top, the cherry on top of this whole fucking shit Sunday we're eating here. Uh, thank you for your response and have a wonderful day. We wish you all the best and hope you are proud of all your accomplishments. Please kindly remove yourself from our page. Like what? Remove yourself? I'm not at your party. Like I'm not at, in your house. Like I'm not removing myself from your page. Like if you want your shit gone, take it out. I'm not like in your house. Like it's not like you're so fucking stupid. Uh, And then here we go. The Russian Five. We will also let others know about your uncredited photos as well as the unlicensed names you are using in your merchandise. If you prefer, you can let them know yourselves since you are violating several copyright laws. If you would like, I can send you the section to the law I'm referring to. (laughs) Do you realize how fucking lame you sound? Like how, oh my God, you're literally like that kid on the playground who's like going to like tell on you for for I don't I don't even fucking know for like taking an extra cookie. I, I don't know. I'm trying to find a reference and I can't because I'm steamed up like a teapot right now. But like you couldn't sound lamer. You seriously sound like that kid in grade school that I just I wanted to punch in the fucking face. And I want to I want to punch you guys in the fucking face. Um you're like reading a law book. Like who's running your social account? Like seriously. And if it's the producer behind this whole thing, like that is embarrassing. That is embarrassing if if the producer is, is running this account. Um, I really hope it's like a 20 year old, like social media kid still in college that just like tried to swing their dick, you know, for the brand, you know, like I, I really hope, really hope that's the case. And I'm not dealing with like, you know, like a 50 year old grown human producer. Um, so I just sent him a couple of hang loose emojis and that's the beef. That is, that's the, uh, that's the T, as Sansa would say in her Instagram stories. But that's what we have going on. They've blocked me from everything. They've deleted like all the comments regarding my name and the Champagne Athletics brand. They've blocked a few few people I know. Um, and yeah, that's it. Like I still want to see the documentary. Um, I told them I will still follow them, uh, even though I can't anymore because I'm blocked. Because I enjoy to see the content, but. They just really don't like me, um, are very strongly defending their position, and that's fine with me. Like I told them, they can keep selling the shirt. Like I care more that more shirts get sold because maybe it'll push the Illiches into actually retiring the number. Because once the number is actually retired, like that's the goal, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing this for. It's not a fucking money grab t-shirt fight. My goal is to get Fedorov's number up in the rafters, and if we can create a little noise around the Detroit uh, community from especially, you know, uh, our age group who grew up watching the wings win those Stanley cups, you know, we might just get that number raised, which should be the focal point of the whole thing. Not fucking, not fucking arguing over, uh, t-shirt designs, but Hey, it is what it is. It was a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. And to everyone who supported the, the beef, I really did enjoy it. I had a lot of fun 
chirping them and going at them and even doing this podcast and yelling it, yelling about it makes me feel a little better about it. So for everyone who hashtagged I'm with champagne or uh, just, you know, had my back throughout the whole thing, you guys are awesome. And I really just appreciate you. And I really just want another championship to come to Detroit somehow, some way. All right. Well, now that I got that off my chest, um, you know, I feel like we can move on, move on, probably beating a dead horse. Some of you are probably like, all right, Frank, we're, we're over it. We get it. Like, we get it. You know, you act like you don't care. And then you're fucking writing an article about it and you're talking about it in a podcast. Like, seems like you care quite a bit, Frank. But whatever. Just didn't like uh, the way they handled that. And I definitely don't like being called slanderous like five times um, in one giant DM. But um, anyways, let's move on uh, to some quick hit topics here actually relating to uh, the sports in Detroit. So first hottest one that we actually found out earlier today um, is Pavel Datsuk leaving his team SKA, I don't know, in in the KHL in Russia. So it kind of sounds like there's three options here. He will either uh, retire from hockey altogether, he'll return to his hometown uh, to play for his hometown team in the KHL, or he will come back to Detroit. Now, the the word on the streets here is, let's just run this down, the Coyotes own Pavel Datsuk's rights right now, but those will expire at the end of June. So Pavel is a full unrestricted free agent after June um, and can sign anywhere he wants. His agent has stated... If he does come back to the NHL, if he does come back to America to play hockey, which is definitely, quote-unquote, a possibility, he would not play for anyone else but the Detroit Red Wings. So that's very interesting. It's fun to play with in my head, and I kind of had to process this like, okay, he's going to be 41 when the NHL season starts. Like, is that really the direction the Red Wings want to go? You know, we're rebuilding. We're new. We don't really want to bring in these old vets. But... This is not just some old vet. This is not just some random dude we're talking about here. This is Pavel Datsuk. This is the magic man. This is one of the greatest hockey players to ever play the game. Um, He's putting up like a point a game or something like that in the KHL, which is no slouch league by any stretch of the imagination. Long story short, I would be ecstatic if we got him. I feel like he'd be great for the young guys to, to really... Uh, learn from him, to watch him play, and he would just set them up all day. I mean, the year that Advocator was on the same line with Zetterberg and Datsuk, he put away like 20 goals and got a huge contract extension and really just hasn't done anything anything since. Datsuk, whether he's 25, 35, 41, he makes everyone around him better, and man, it would be exciting to see him come back and play at Little Caesars Arena. And I mean, he would put people in the seats for sure. Now, if he's taking time away from the younger guys, that was kind of the other argument I had. But like, honestly, I don't really give a shit. Datsuk is Datsuk. I would love, love, love to see him come back for one more year, two more years, and just see if we could give the playoffs a go or something like that. Now, do I think he will come back? When I first saw it this morning, I was like, oh, well, hell no, hell no. He's not going to He's not going to come back. Like that's that's just asinine to think about. Then I started reading the free press reports, and I looked at a couple other things, um, and I just don't know. I think I have to read into it a little more, but I think there's more of a possibility that he returns than 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 I originally thought. Someone close inside the Red Wings organization, no one high up, no one big or anything, may have dropped a note to me and said there is absolutely zero percent chance that. Datsuk returns and I said like zero percent chance like Iserman goes to the Rangers and he said yes and I don't agree with that I don't think there's a zero percent chance he comes back I'm oddly confident that he will come back I'm not going to sit here and say he's 100% coming back I want to just read a few more things I'm not ready to give it the full green light but I have a sneaky feeling that he with Iserman back here might want to come back and play for the wings one more Again, LGRW. All right, and moving on here, we've been uh, pretty Red Wings heavy here today, and mostly all the time, but that's okay. I'm pretty Red Wings heavy. I love the Wings. I got no shame in that. I love all my Detroit sports teams, but those those Red Wings really rustle my jimmies. You know what I mean? LGRW, hey, hey, hockey town. 
Love those wings. Um, they're fun to talk about. But I do want to talk about the least successful Detroit franchise um, in our in our history here, and that is our Detroit Lions. Forward on the field. We had the NFL draft last Thursday, and a lot of people weren't really happy with the Detroit Lions picks, which is nothing new. We are used to that. Matt Millen took three first-round wide receivers or some shit like that three years in a row. Um, there's a lot of bad examples, but most recently, the most recent bad example that is in our mouth and recent memory is Eric Ebron, who was the number 10 overall pick in 2014, I think, um, widely hated across the Detroit communities, dropped every pass that went his way, was a very cocky guy. Um, and we took a tight end out of North Carolina with the number 10 overall pick who compared himself to Vernon Davis and, uh, Jimmy Graham, and he was neither of those people. The only time he got close to being somewhat good to those individuals was when he ended up in Indianapolis this year with Andrew Luck. So naturally, the Lions have a pretty bad, Lions and Lions fans have a pretty bad taste in their mouth taking top 10 tight ends overall. So naturally, what the Lions did here five years later, just five years removed from taking Eric Ebron in the top 10, we the Lions with the eighth overall pick take Josh Hawkinson, tight end, University of Iowa. Holy shit! Um, I know if you guys were watching the draft at a bar with a group of people, like everyone just put their hands in their head, uh, moaned, yelled, pissed, cried, screamed, all that shit. It was shocking to just see the Lions take um, another tight end. I mean, it was absolutely incredible we already we signed jesse james in the offseason we have like some pretty decent ones already rostered maybe not even that decent but i know we have like three or four rostered um i can't think of the other big guy's name he caught a couple touchdowns i can't think of his name right now but the other big tight end we have um and then we draft hawkinson and then on top of that we drafted another tight end later in the draft i forgot what pick he was but we drafted two tight ends in this draft, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Now, I think it's unfair to compare this this kid directly to Eric Ebron, um, but that is just what everyone's going to do. And the fact of the matter is, is this kid's going to have the shortest leash for the Detroit sporting fan base like that we've seen in a long time. If he drops his first pass, we're going to be just motherfucking him up and down. And that's just the way it is. I mean, that's the problem with having a horrible franchise. We stop giving you the benefit of the doubt with anything. Um, so while the Hawkinson pick definitely brought back some nightmares of Eric Ebron and horrible picks of the past, I think the second round pick, the Hawaiian guy, the Moana looking guy, uh, Maui, Maui from, from uh, Moana, I think his name's Maui, the guy who the, the Rock voiced him, that's who he drafted. He's from the University of Hawaii. He grew up in California. So he's just going to love the Detroit winters. Oh, my God. Cali boy went to, went to college in uh, Hawaii. Oh, he's just going to love Detroit. But apparently this guy was supposed to be like a fourth rounder, and the Lions took him, uh, you know, in the second round. And that that's the pick that got everyone's fucking panties in a bunch. Um, no one's heard of this guy. Um, you know, you, I just, you got to hope that he's, he's good or decent. I don't fucking know. It's so hard to trust anything the lions do, no matter who's in charge, no matter who's doing what. Um, but the word on the street is, is that this guy was loved by the Patriots and that's why the lions took him, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, it's kind of becoming like a running joke throughout the NFL. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. We will we will wait and see what happens with all these draft picks. I have a hard time just like going crazy or being furious over draft picks until you see how they do. Um, just because I don't know. I don't watch these guys. I don't scout them. Like I watch college football. What the fuck do I know? But just seeing a tight end that early is jarring. Um, the stat that I kept hearing was there have been four top 10 tight ends taken in the last 30 years. The Lions now have two of those with Eric Ebron and TJ Hawkinson. So we're just going to have to wait and see what the fuck happens because um, who knows, man? It's the Lions. It's another Lions season. We'll get all juiced up, and they'll go fucking 7-9. and nine. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, just last Lions note here, thoughts, thoughts and prayers out to uh, Kelly and Matthew Stafford's family. Kelly is recovering now. 
Um, and we just wish her the best and we wish her a speedy recovery uh, so she can get back to her three little girls who love her very much. Um, so that's all my Lions notes today. Uh, let's move on to the next segment here. Okay, let's move into the last segment here. And this is the last segment of uh, every podcast I do if you're, if you're new to the new to the show. Um, but we, we play a little over-under. And what it is is I have someone send me a list of 10 items. They email it to me. I never look at the list, never look at it till right now, till right this moment. Um, and I read the items on the list, like person, place, thing, idea, whatever, f- phenomenon, whatever. And I tell you if I think it's over underrated, and then I give you reasons for why I think it's over or underrated. Now, uh, the way this normally works is I have my buddy Jerry send me the list. Now, my friend Jerry lives in Cleveland. He's originally from this area, but he lives in Cleveland. He's a little bit overweight. He's he's an accountant. Uh, he wears he like wears glasses. He's I don't know, like whatever. He's my buddy, I guess. And you know, you just kind of feel bad for him. So I kind of throw him these bones and he does these over-unders. So a couple weeks ago, um, a fan a fan did them for me. I had uh, Bill Beasley, talked about him earlier in the, in the podcast, sent me the uh, Russian 5 shirt. So he sent me the over-under and Jerry got all, you know, rough under the feathers about the ruffled, ruffled feathers, tough under the the butt cheeks. I don't know the, the saying you want to use, but he got, you know, he got kind of, he got steamed up like a teapot. And uh, he said, you know, fuck this, like I do the over-unders. So naturally today, you know, I text him in the morning and say, hey, you got me on the, the over-unders, you're going to send them because I know you're real, you're steamed up like a, like a teapot last time. Um, and he's like, for sure, I got it. So, you know, it's getting later in the day. I'm like, hey, you're going to send them? Hey, you're going to send them? I don't see an email come through. I see nothing. The fat fuck just, uh, just like woke up a little bit ago. Um, and he's like, oh, sorry, man, I was fucking sleeping. You know, I was sleeping. I didn't fucking, I didn't send him. I was fucking sleeping. So apparently Jerry had a real fucking busy day. He couldn't even send me a list of 10 things for me to talk about. But it ended up working out anyways because today my beautiful fiance uh, said she wanted to do the over-unders. Uh, you know, so happy wife, happy life is what I hear. So we're just, we're training on that. So she has my list of over-unders today. So I have the email here that the, uh, subject line is over under my ass. Um, so that's great to know over under my ass is the topic of the email and we'll start over under right now, right here, right now with number one, Arya Stark probably could have called this one. My fiance is absolutely obsessed with Arya Stark and you got to just believe Arya Stark's underrated. She killed the fucking Night King. She was looked at as a little girl and now we're in Game of Thrones season eight and she's getting fucked and killing Night Kings. I mean, yeehaw, giddy up. Uh, What do we tell the God of Death? Not today. I may have got that wrong, but we're telling death, not today. Arya Stark, underrated. Number two, Pavel Datsuk. Pavel Datsuk, this is, very, this is a very relevant list. Very, very relevant list. This is hot today. Pavel Datsuk, uh, clearly underrated. I'm never going to call him overrated. He's one of the greatest players I've ever seen play the game of hockey. Uh, absolutely groundbreaking stuff he did. Unprecedented moves, stick handling, um, on both ends of the ice, can steal it from you and then can also put it in the back of your net. And he's no pussy at all. I mean, he'll put you on your ass. Um, seen him be in fights too. The guy was just, it's amazing we had the guy and I would love to see him come back. Pavel Datsuk, underrated. Number three, the ghetto. Um, okay, so the ghetto, I'm going to say, is overrated. I feel like people think it's cool uh, to get street cred living in the ghetto, coming up from the streets. Um, you know, people want that cred and they think it's good, but realistically, if you're ever in the ghetto, all you ever want to do is get out. Um, and I realize how extremely white I sound, uh, describing this whole thing, um, and how extremely sheltered it may seem, but I'm from East English village. Uh, not that that's the ghetto by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, there's some rougher patches over there. Um, and I, I feel like, I feel like the ghetto's, the ghetto, the ghetto's overrated. I feel like it's overrated with the street cred. I feel people would much rather not go through living in the ghetto, uh, if they had the choice. Okay. So let's go with number four. Uh, the, it's gonna be May theme. So I know my, 
I know my fiance was very upset um, that the It's Going to Be May meme did not make that many appearances on social media this year. Towards the end of April, there's a picture of Justin Timberlake. He's smiling, and it says, It's Going to Be May. And it's in regards to the InSync song, the popular InSync song from back in the day. Um, I think it's underrated. I really do. I think it's funny. I don't mind seeing it every year. I don't care if it's played out and overused. I think it's underrated because it's funny. Uh, I normally listen to that song around this time of year. It's so dumb. It's a tradition uh, for the end of April and the start of May. You know, it's like a Christmas tree. Like, who's tired of a Christmas tree at Christmas? It's the tradition of the time of the year. The end of April, traditionally, you need to bring out the It's Gonna Be May meme. And it's not like overused, played out, not funny. It's it's part of the tradition. It's like putting pumpkins. It's like carving pumpkins for Halloween. The It's Gonna Be May meme needs to come out in the end of April when it's about to be May. Okay. So underrated, the It's Gonna Be May meme. Number five, TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, I don't know. Is he overrated or underrated? I'm going to go right now with overrated because... I kind of feel like if you're taking top 10 overall as a tight end, you have to turn out to be Rob Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz. Like if you are a top 10 tight end pick, you got to be fucking sick. So I'm going to say he's overrated right now because unless he's one of those three, this pick is probably not all it's hyped up to be. Uh, So right now I'm going to say TJ Hawkinson is overrated, even though I've really never seen you play, and I'm going to be rooting rooting for you like hell when you're on the Lions. But right now I'm going to say you're overrated because I thought you were picked way too high as a tight end. Number six, B of T, uh, which stands for Brienne of Tarth. Um, Brienne of Tarth. uh, I just feel like right now Brienne of Tarth is a little bit overrated. Whoa, probably an unpopular opinion for a lot of people who watch this show. I just, I feel like her character arc, her character story is done. She's done everything that she could ever do. I feel like her role became bigger than it was ever anticipated to be. She's been great. She's been wonderful. She's been stark loyal. Um, how there was like four times during that crazy fucking Game of Thrones battle that she should have probably died. Um, and there is like like her and Jamie should both be dead, but she lived. Um, and I just felt like after she got knighted, it was it was you know she was it was time to go. What more is she gonna do? But I guess she'll go fight the human battle now. But right now I'm just kind of say Brienne of Tarth's overrated. I'm kind of kind of done with the character. Sorry, I think she's great. I don't have anything against her. I just think she's kind of overrated right now. I'm kind of done with her. Number seven, Sigs. Um, I swear Sigs has been put on here like five times, and uh, this, I I I hate doing the over under of Sigs. Um, cause I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and be like the, the little pussy ninny who says like cigs are overrated. Both my parents smoke like two packs a day. Um, and if I'm all buzzed up and, uh, been drinking for a while, you, you best believe I'm going to be bumming a cig off you. And in that situation, they're very, very underrated, but you know, I'm not leaving work to go have a cig break or anything like that. Like during the day, during the week, not really my thing. If you do it, I don't look down on you. I don't think you're gross. I don't think you're a degenerate human. Uh, None of that, none of that goes on whatsoever in my thought of SIG smoking. Um, But so like during the week, sober, like sober SIGs, overrated. Uh, Wasted SIGs, completely underrated. Love me a one-off wasted SIG or like six-off wasted SIGs. Number eight, group chats. Group chats are underrated. Uh, I got a group of friends who absolutely loves group chats. We fucking got a main one, had it going for bunch of years now oh excuse me oh oh that was gross excuse me guys i'm like burping up mac and cheese here um i got a uh one group of friends that has a group chat that's awesome stay in touch with it love it laugh all the time Uh, i got another group of friends can't get them to respond at all in a group chat it's the least lit group chat you'd ever see got one that's super lit and it's awesome and it's a lot of fun and seriously sometimes i like pee myself laughing Uh, I got another one that just sucks and it just stinks. If you have a right group with a good group chat, it is really fun. It's a ton of fun. So group chats, underrated. Number nine, Alexa. Um, I've never owned an Alexa. 
Uh, I've you know I've seen it a couple times. Um, I imagine it does some pretty cool stuff, but I'm gonna just say it's overrated. Uh, I've never heard anybody rave about their Alexa. Um, you just kind of s- see it, like you know, hey Alexa, change the song. Like I can yell at my phone and do all that. Uh, I'm gonna say Alexa is overrated just because I haven't seen much hype about it. Um, but I would have to be shown exactly how Alexa works, and I don't know. I don't know. I think it's overrated. I don't need a fucking Alexa. Number 10, ass implants. Um, are implants the same as like injections? Um, I don't know. People with the injections and the, the fake asses, you know, fuck it. I'm going to just say they're underrated. You know, I mean, you get your ass done, it probably looks great. I don't know if it, how it feels. I've never felt a fake ass. Um, is it really all that bad? Like, you know, people have fake boobs and fake boobs are, are sweet, right? Like, um, so I'm going to just say ass implants are, are underrated. Fuck it. Why not? We're at the end of the show here. Ass implants, underrated. Go get your ass implanted, injected, whatever. Who cares? It's your life. You live it. You want to look how you want to look. All that stuff. Um, I've been talking for way too long, guys. This is much longer show than than usual. Um, it's almost midnight. I'm tired as hell. So naturally, I'm going to say that ass implants are underrated at this time. I'm vulnerable. We're at a vulnerable state towards the end of this fucking podcast. <sighs> but that'll do it. Um, I really appreciate everyone tuning in, listening, um, defending me, doing the I am with champagne. If anybody ordered a shirt, you guys just really rock. Um, if you really want to take it to the next level, I'd love if you could go on iTunes, rate this thing, uh, give it a, give it, give it some stars and then write a review for me. That would really, really mean a lot to me if you could do that on iTunes. Uh, as always follow us on Instagram, go check out the store. Um, But more importantly, guys, let's just have a fantastic week, and I will be here uh, hopefully next Thursday yelling about nonsense uh, like always. Thanks again for supporting everything, and uh, I'll see you guys out there. I promise that you'll never find another like me. I know that I'm a handful, baby. Uh, I know I never think before I jump. Never find another like me.